Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Good morning, Fusion Church family. It's so good to see you again. I know it's been a few weeks um, since I saw you guys here on soap. Um, for those who don't remember me, my name is Heather Knoll. I'm the Connect Groups and Outreach Director here at the church. And for those who do remember me, who haven't seen me for a while, I just got back from maternity leave um, with my little daughter. So I'm so excited to be back with you guys. Great way to start my morning. A great way to kick off my maternity week back um, after being away for a few weeks. So I'm so glad to see you all. Um, so yeah, like, like Mike said, let's jump right in. There's a lot to get to. It's a shorter chapter than some other chapters we've had recently. There's a lot to get to. Let's go ahead and jump in in prayer. <sighs> Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for this morning, Lord God. I'm thankful for every single person that's joining us, um, whether they're joining us now in person, live, or joining us um, on the podcast later, God. Thank you for moving in their hearts this morning to get us up, to get us digging into your word, to get us just seeking more of you in our lives, Lord, because that's what we're here to do. And when we know when we seek you, we find you. Let's pray right now, Lord God, just to move in our hearts, move in our minds, move in our spirits, Lord God. Let your Holy Spirit move and breathe and speak the words your people need to hear this morning, Lord God, and open, open us up to receive it. In Jesus' name, I ask and pray. Amen. All right. Good morning, Fusion Church. All right. So, uh, Tuesday, today is we have Deuteronomy 20. Digging into Deuteronomy, some Old Testament stuff, some good stuff, right? So let's see, Deuteronomy 20. Um, I'm reading from the New International Version, the NIV version. The version works for you guys. Go for it, all right? We can compare as we go on. So uh, Deuteronomy 20, the title is Going to War. When you go to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots in an army greater than yours, do not be afraid of them because the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt will be with you. When you are about to go into battle, the priest shall come forward and address the army. He shall say, Hear Israel, today you are going into battle against your enemies. Do not be faint-hearted or afraid. Do not panic or be terrified by them. The Lord your God is the one who goes to fight with for you against your enemies to give you victory. The officers shall say to the army, Has anyone built a new house and not yet begun to live in it? Let him go home, or he may die in battle, and somewhere else, someone else may begin to live in it. Has anyone planted a vineyard and not begun to enjoy it? Let him go home, or he may die in battle, and someone else enjoy it. Has anyone become pledged to a woman and not married her? Let him go home, or he may die in battle, and someone else may marry her. Then the officers shall add, Is anyone faint-hearted or afraid? Let him go home so that his fellow soldiers will not become disheartened too. When the officers have finished speaking to the army, they shall appoint commanders over it. When you march up to attack a city, make its people an offer of peace. If they accept and open their gates, all the people in it shall be subject to, for to forced labor and shall work for you. If they refuse to make peace and they engage you in battle, lay siege to that city. When the Lord your God delivers it into your hand, pull, put to the sword all the men in it. 
As for the women, the children, the livestock, and everything else in the city, you may take it as plunder for yourselves. And you may use the plunder the Lord your God gives you from your enemies. This is how you are to treat all the cities that are at a distance from you and do not belong to the nations nearby. However, in the cities of the nations the Lord God is giving you as an inheritance, do not leave anything that breathes. Completely, completely destroy them. Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Otherwise, they will teach you to follow all the detestable things they do in worshiping their gods, and you will sin against the Lord your God. When you lay siege to a city for a long time, fighting against it to capture it, do not destroy its trees by putting an axe to them, because you can eat their fruit. Do not cut them down. Are the trees people that you should besiege them? However, you may cut down trees that you know are not fruit trees and use them to build siege works until the city at war with you falls. The word of the Lord. Amen. All right. So, like we said, we've got uh, a lot to dig into. Let's do a quick little stretch here. We've got God's word in our heart, in our mind, on our lips. So let's open up, make some space, get in our heart. Amen. All right. So um, I'll be totally honest. I'm actually one of the few Bible teachers here on our 6 a.m. soap that was not in the military. <laughs> so I read this. I read the title. And I'm like, really, God? Why am I teaching about going into war? I've never been to war. I have no military experience. Why isn't, you know, Pastor Jason or Nick or Papa Hernandez, why aren't they teaching about going to war? And one of the things, um, I mean, I mean for, for those of you who have been to war or served our country, thank you. God bless you. I have so much admiration and courage um, for the courage you have and the strength you have. But I'll be honest, I don't have that kind of strength and courage. Right. That's why I never served. I'll be honest. I'm not that as brave. Um, and for those of us who aren't, who also didn't serve either, for whatever reason, this whole chapter may seem really confusing or even unrelatable. Right. Because we've never been to war. We've never seen war. We have no idea what, what it's like. But what's so cool, though, is that God's word is still alive and active and relevant. OK, so even though we might not have been to war, God's word is still relevant to our lives. And why is that? Because what, what the Holy Spirit showed me in this chapter is that these principles and lessons that are meant for literal war that the Israelites went through can also be applied to our lives now as Christians in the spiritual war we face, all right? So whether you've been to literal war in another country or as Christians in our walk in different seasons of our lives, we will face spiritual warfare, okay? Some of us just went through the Freedom Conference this past weekend. Shout out to the Freedom Conference uh, participants. You guys faced spiritual warfare in, in breaking those chains. Uh, shout out to all the Dream Teamers. We had over, what, 100, much over 100 uh, volunteer Dream Teamers, uh, worship team, production, hospitality, uh, altar, altar team, intercessory team, all these different amazing teams, usher team that stood up and they actually went through and fought spiritual warfare to help free these people, amen? And so, um, so what, what they saw, what they experienced is things that we can, we can experience as Christians. And that's why this chapter still applies to us, whether it's, again, literal or spiritual warfare, all right? Let's dig in and see what God has for us this morning. Um, break it down a couple of verses at a time, right? Section by section. So uh, opening up verses one through four, it's kind of God, you know, giving a nice introduction, like, hey, when you go to war, be prepared. Here's what we're gonna do. Here's a preparation going into war, right? We need preparation seasons, preparation um, 
planning to go into warfare, literally and spiritually. And at the time, when Israel was actually going in this season, they were considered more of a camp than a kingdom, right? They were just a small band of people, you know, millions of people, but like compared to the nations and the kingdoms that they were walking through and passing by in these lands, they were much smaller, much weaker. And because of that, they couldn't actually protect themselves. So that's why when, you know, when God says, do not be afraid, it's because they, we were afraid, right? Like if you're going to a new country, a new nation, and you have no protection for yourselves, you're, you're a sitting target, right? That's why and God is so gracious in how he deals with what they're feeling. Because again, whether they want to admit it or not, he knows what they're feeling. When we want to admit it or not, God knows what we're feeling. We face our spiritual warfare. I mean, we go into battle, whether it's for ourselves or somebody else. And so he says, do not be afraid of them because the Lord, your God, the reminder of who he is, the Lord, your God, who brought you up out of Egypt as a reminder of what he's done, right? So he says, who I am, what I've done for you, and that's why you don't have to be afraid. So let's be honest. We're as a forgetful people now as the Israelites were back then, okay? Human, you know, we, we want to think we've evolved so much, we've changed so much. Our minds have not. We've still forgetful. We still have those, um, those moments of, of fear and panic and anxiety as we journey into something new, right? God was calling the Israelites to something new. Even now, he may be calling you to something new. It can cause you fear and anxiety and panic. And what God's saying here to them and to you, to me, right? Do not be afraid because of them. To the Lord your God, who's done something for you before and has been with you before, will still be with you now. Amen. Um, I love when I read the Bible, I check different versions out, different, different uh, translations to see what, how a different translation could put something and give a new perspective, right? Um, so the Amplified version of uh, that verse, one through four, uh, the Amplified version says, do not lack courage. Do not be afraid or panic or tremble in terror before them. Uh, the message version I also love, it says, do not recoil in fear of them. Don't waver and resolve. Don't hesitate. And it's so cool thinking about um, the Israelites at that time, as they're, they're traveling through, um, and God's reminding them what he's done in the past, because in that time, he said, he, uh, the Lord your God, who brought you up out of Egypt. At the time he did that, Egypt was the world power, right? When the Israelites were freed from, from slavery, Egypt was the reigning power in the world. So if God, if God, the Lord your God, can bring you and defeat the highest level kingdom, the highest level enemy you could face, these other, these other uh, smaller nations, they're nothing compared to Egypt. These other, you know, small cities you're going to have to go up against, nothing compared to me, right? And so, um, it's like Pastor Brennan says, too. Pastor Brennan, he loves saying it, that when we go into uh, warfare, spiritual warfare, we fight from victory, not for victory. Amen? Because we know what God's done before. He's going to do it now. He's going to keep doing, right? It's from victory in Jesus. This morning, when, you go, when you're going to war this morning, um, fill in the blank, right? I love taking the scripture and to apply it to my lives, my life. I take a, I take a word out or I change something to, to fill, make it applicable to me, right? So in this case, right there, uh, verse one, when you go to war against blank, what's your blank this morning? What do you feel like you're going to war against? Is it um, a partner? Is it a relationship? Is it a family member? Is it a boss? 
Is it, uh, I know it's finals week for those, those for those who are in school. Is it uh, an exam? Is it a teacher, right? When you go war against blank, what's God saying to you? Do not be afraid. He is with you. Whatever you, you're facing now, you faced other things before, right? He, he was with you then. He's with you now. It's also really special too about this whole preparation and encouragement before going into battle. Is that, is that there's actually priests, right? It says that the um, that the priests should come shall come forward and address the army, and the priests are the ones who are encouraging the army, not the commander, not the you know not the, the general, not the chief of the army. Like it's the priests, those who have spiritual power, spiritual authority, are the ones who are coming to encourage and build up those who are about to go into battle, right? So my question, another question for you this morning, who is that person? Who's that priest in your life that you can come to today for that spiritual encouragement? Who's someone that's speaking into your life in a spiritual way to build you up, to guide you, to encourage you, to, um, to, to refocus you from the enemy back to God? And better yet, who can you be that person for today? Who can you be a priest for who needs to hear your encouragement, your voice, you're refocusing back to God. So First uh, Peter 2.9, it calls us a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So right there, you know, Peter, Peter writes it. God spoke it. We are, you are a royal priesthood. You have the same authority that those priests had to lead armies and encourage armies to encourage the person next to you this morning. Okay? So, so whether it's you going through a battle or it's someone you know who's going through a battle, take some time this morning when we get off the soap, text them, encourage them, send them, send them the soap, right? Send them the, these verses and use that as a way to not only to bring them closer to Jesus, especially if they're far from Jesus, but use it to encourage them back to God's word, right? We're going to keep seeing there's an amazing battle plan here in God's word in this chapter to help you through what you're facing. All right. A little further down, uh, verses five through nine, focusing on, and it talks about, this is where the officers in the army are giving, um, asking some questions, right? Anyone got a new house? Anyone got a new vineyard? Anyone engaged? Hey, anyone fearful? Hey, if you, if you are, okay, bye. Don't stay, right? And it, it, seems, it seems kind of counterintuitive, right? That he's giving them an excuse. He's giving them an out, right? But, I mean, but the, the, rea the reality is, if we're going into battle, we need to be focused, not distracted or wishing we were somewhere else. I was actually, I was doing a couple different uh, studies of, and one commentary actually said, um, actually the Amplified version, Amplified version um, has a great footnote and footnote read, the Lord's help, Israel would have no need of a large military force and the officers could afford to dismiss anyone who was not completely prepared for battle, right? Those distractions and that disheartened attitude, that fear that could have crept in, those are life-threatening, not only to them, to the individual, but to those around them. And that actually, those, those uh, things which seem great, right? Having a new house, having, you know, a, a fruitful job, having a, a family or a wedding, like those aren't bad things, but they can, but they can be life-threatening if they get in the way of our focus. And that's scary to think about, right? That what, what, what we're having or dealing with or thinking about can lead others to sin, to lead others into defeat. Um, the message version, it puts it as, so that he does not infect his fellow his fellows with his timidity and cowardly spirit. Those things that we're feeling, those emotions we like 
we let um, get hold of us can actually infect others. And we saw that, right? We saw it during COVID. You know, there's a, a, a sickness, like an illness infection, right? But the infection of fear, infection of panic, infection of, of, um, of just of, of anxiety that was plaguing this country and this world was, was as bad, if not more, than the, the, Ill, the illness. And that's still lingering for some people, right? COVID, you know, COVID illness is, is dramatically gone, you know? And it's still there, but it's dramatically decreased. But there are still people dealing with anxiety and panic and fear because of it. And so we see what, what's really more infectious here. Is it a physical or is it the mental and the emotional, right? So we're going, so they're saying, hey, if you're going into battle and you're not ready, you're afraid, sit on the sidelines, right? And um, it, does, it talks about too, and commentary I read too also speaks about how uh, to God, the size of the army wasn't important. The heart of the army was far more important. And that's what's in your heart this morning. Is there fear? Is there anxiety? Is there, is there panic? Is there hesitation? Whatever it is, is there distraction? Give it to God. It's okay. We're human. We're allowed to have these things. Okay? Fear is natural. You know, panic and anxiety, these are all things that, that it, it's hard to deal with. That might be your spiritual warfare this morning. You might not be able to face the warfare of your anxiety because you're, you're so distracted and oppressed by the anxiety. And that's what the church is here for. As we go down, you'll see. That's what the church and the army of God is here for, right? So we're not facing these things alone. Um, and, and two, like it says, uh, like the Amplified Version read, right? It says that the officers could afford to dismiss anyone who wasn't prepared for battle. And here's a reality check. I had to ask myself too. Um, but reality check is there are people in our lives that we can, quote, afford to dismiss, okay? If they end up being distractions or deterrents from what God wants to do in your life. It sounds, you know, we want to have as many friends as we can, all the followers, all the, you know, be popular, whatever we, we want to say. But we can afford to dismiss people if they're not what God has for you. You can afford to dismiss that relationship. You can afford to, to dismiss um, that toxic person in your life. If they're going to disappoint you or distract you or detour you from what God has for your life. And it's hard to hear that. I'll be honest. because I, I went through my own season of pruning of having to dis dismiss people from my, li my life. And it's hard and it sucks. But, you know, but the reality is where I was and what I was facing then, I couldn't face with those people. And the people God did bring to my life, the Christian brothers and sisters who are, who are guiding me and building me up and leading me closer to him. That's what I need more of my life. And so when you dismiss the people, dismiss the soldiers, dismiss the people around you that aren't going to build you up and help you fight the battles you're fighting in the season, you're going to have a lot of, uh, a lot of um, distractions, a lot of detours, a lot of things that aren't going to help you get to what God has for you. So the question this morning, what distractions are keeping you from following God's order? Is it something good? Is it a job? Is it a child? Is it something you're, you're so excited for? And you love so much, but really, and, and it can be a good thing. Like we said, vineyards and marriages and houses, they're all good things, but it can still be a distraction from what God wants you to do. It can still be a distraction for going into that next season, the next place God has for you. If you let yourself be stuck there. Another question I had to ask myself, which is a hard question to ask again, lots of hard questions this morning, right? We can handle it. God's got grace for it. Um, another hard question is, Will you still be standing in the army after you see others around you leaving? Just think about it. If you're, if you're standing there and you're ready to go to battle and the guy next to you leaves because he's got a wife 
and the guy next to you leaves because he's got a new house and you're here by yourself, you're like, do you stay? Or do you make some excuse up to sneak out with the guys too? Or you go, hey, wait, wait, hey guys, wait for me, wait for me. You know? Okay, because again, we're seeing, we're seeing in the capital C church right now, that people are being distracted by worldly desires. We're seeing people are being distracted by their, their fellow soldiers who are breaking rank. We're being distracted by people questioning their faith. And, you know, and, it's, and, just, and deconstruction and seeing what's, what God's, you know, bringing up hard stuff in the church, the capital C church. But if we're going to have the intention of rebuilding and staying with God's, what God's calling us to, we're going to be like all those other soldiers who are hiding off from war. And then that, again, if you're hiding off from war, you can't face what you need to face. You can't come with that new season God has for you. So what distractions are keeping you from God's, from following God's order? And would you still be standing in the army alongside those who are breaking rank? <sighs> Take a quick pause, quick break uh, to answer those questions if you need to. Journal up and you write, write them down. Moving on then, uh, verses 10 through 15. Just going right through this. And these, they talk about, um, there's, two, there's two different plans of attack, right? Verses 10 through 15, and then verses 16 through 18. Two different plans. So first battle plan, you're marching up to attack a city and the city is um, a, a distance from you and not belonging to another nation. Just kind of like a little city by itself, right? Or a smaller nation. Um, I love the wording as you go through the first few verses, right? Uh, verse 11, if they accept. So, so you go up to the city, offer peace. Verse 11, if they accept. Verse 12, if they refuse. So there's a choice there, right? If and if. But verse 13, what's verse 13 say? It says, when the Lord your God delivers it into your hand. So if they accept the peace, if they refuse the peace, doesn't matter because when, when the Lord God delivers it, there's a choice in the first two, but there's no choice for the God. He's going to deliver you through what he's calling you to. Um, and that's the thing, whether it's a physical battle or a spiritual battle, Lord's with you. He's calling, he wants to deliver you through it. He's not going to leave you into a nation and, and just say, oh, now I'm going to, I, I saw I told you go here, but now I'm backing off. His hands are still on the Israelites. His hand's still on you. Um, and the key thing too, when they went into battle, they, like we said, they didn't do it alone. Not only did they have the Lord God with them, they had each other with them. So again, like we said, when you're about to march into battle, whether it's literal or spiritual, you don't do it alone. You have people surrounding you. That's why Freedom Conference and the Freedom Groups are so powerful. So you're going into spiritual warfare and you have your group and your, your leaders beside you. Connect groups, like Mike said, we have Connect Group training coming up, Connect Group Equip Night coming up next week, next Tuesday. Let's get ready for the summer semester of Connect Groups. Because guess what? Warfare doesn't take a semester off, okay? You're gonna be facing something this summer. You need people to rally and gather and pray and build you up alongside you, all right? Even just even on a Sunday, right? During the week, we face all kinds of things during the week. Mental, physical, uh, emotional, spiritual challenges and warfare. Coming to a Sunday service, having people in faith standing along you, uh, beside you, whether you talk to them or not, just having the faith in the room of other people, that can be protection. That can be healing. That can be helping to break off those things you're facing throughout the week. And coming in God's presence through worship and through his word, that's how we get that refreshing. That's how we get um, that, that deliverance, right, that we're looking for. We need so much. 
And we see it, right? Because we're talking about, hey, why you need community? These cities are a perfect example of this. These cities were, were vulnerable cities. Like I said, these were cities for individuals not belonging to another nation or far from a distance, right? In, in the middle of nowhere. And these cities, that's where they were so vulnerable to attack. That's where the Israelites, even as a small, smaller population, I mean, still a million people, but like smaller population, smaller um, group of, of camp could attack those cities and take them because they were by themselves. Don't be that city by itself. Don't let the enemy come and, and wrap you up because you're by yourself, okay? Come into God's presence, come into God's word, come into God's people, come into God's capital C church. And that's what, protect, again, brings protection and safety and security. So, so back to the Israelites. So when the Israelites went to the cities um, and they, they offered peace, right? And because, and the thing is, um, we had to offer peace. The proclam- it says uh, a, a commentary how the Jewish writers would, would um, write up a, tra- a tender of peace, a, tra- a peace treaty, right? Upon which the city that they took would renounce idolatry, worship the God of Israel, and then um, pay a, year- a yearly tribute to the Israelites. And then in, in uh, response, the Israelites would offer protection to those cities. And if they didn't take the peace, if they, they went to war, um, again, it's, it's hard to read sometimes, but if they went to war, Israel would, would win because God was with them. And then they would kill any surviving male. And I asked God, I'm like, why? Like, why? You know, it's, it's hard. And when I read one of the commentaries uh, as I was studying, any surviving male will be a perpetual enemy of the people who are conquered the city. You know, Rex, if you saw your, your brother or your father or, you know, your family members killed and, and taken over, that, that's where bitterness comes in. That's where anger and rebellion comes in, right? And so God knew his chosen people were his chosen people. Anyone else who wasn't going to submit, who wasn't going to, um, to go in peace or to, to accept his people, that's it. And it's hard when God sets boundaries God says boundaries. He's the God of justice and judgment, not us, right? And we, when we see that, there's also a picture of grace. So if I've, uh, God's grace in dealing with sinners, and he, giving them peace, right? Giving them mercy, giving them the option to have that. And that's the same option you and I have this morning, to walk in his peace, to accept his grace. And if, you know, and if we don't, there's, there's justice in that. And then you're on your own. And then the, the literal death, that these men faced in not taking God's mercy and peace is the same spiritual death we take not having his God, his mercy and peace in our lives. Amen. And that's hard. And that's why, that's why I'm so grateful for, for Jesus that every single day. Now we have a, a new day this morning, this day you're listening to this podcast. It's a new chance for his grace, a new chance for his mercy to have life and life to the fullest. And every day we, we don't accept it. Every day we deny that peace. And we say, no, let's, I'm going to go war with God. I, don't, I want to be rebellious. I want to, you know, go my own way. That leads to death. And I think the coolest thing too, we see it um, through this, is that bot- battles fought well, not only God, not only honor God, allow us to see his victory in our lives, but battles fought well, expand his kingdom. Right? We see it. They fought, they fought well. If you fought your battle well, whatever that battle is, alongside someone else or for someone else, it actually expands God's kingdom. It brings more people into his kingdom, into his love, into his grace, into his protection. But if it's not fought well, we see the results, right? We see death. We see weakness. 
we see just a brokenness, right? In families and in a nation. That's why praying for our nation, praying for each other in the capital C church and praying for each other as fusion church brothers and sisters is so crucial. Going to warfare for each other is what, so how we expand God's kingdom, right? And that's what we want to see happen. And that can't happen without us being able to take that stand, like we talked about earlier, breaking through fear, breaking through anxiety, and standing as soldiers in God's army. Amen? You can do this. All right, getting towards the end here. Verses 16, uh, verses 16 through 18, it talks about how uh, the reverse of that, right? Hey, these smaller nations, offer them peace, great. God's glory, grace, peace. All right. But the reverse of that, these nations that God is giving you as inheritance, Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, completely destroy them. That's it. They don't have a chance. And you got to think to yourself, I asked myself, you know, again, hard questions. Why God? Why was these small nations, why were they smaller cities? They allowed a second chance. Why weren't these guys, you know? And they're the kind of questions that God wants us to ask. So we, we ask questions, he'll answer the questions. Whether you, you read in a commentary, you jump on a soap with us, you, you ask a pastor, right? You ask God, God questions. Again, you seek him, you will find him. Um, and so I ask God these questions, right? And it's okay to. And I remember what we read in Deuteronomy 9. Deuteronomy 9 talks about um, the wickedness of these nations. And the nations that the Lord gave to the Israelites to take over were so wicked. And it, he says, um, in, in reference to them, uh, to the Israelites, it's not, beca- it's not because of your righteousness or your integrity that you're going to take possession of their land. But on account of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. And even um, just a couple of days ago, in uh, Deuteronomy 18, we read about the occult practices of these other nations, right? They were so wicked, so, so much darkness around them. And kind of puts things in perspective, right? Because uh, Deuteronomy 9, uh, God talks about, you know, these wicked nations you're about to take over. Um, it's not because of your righteousness that God is giving you this land to possess. possess. You are a stiff-necked people. He calls these people a stiff-necked people. He knows the rebellion, rebelliousness of the Israelites. He knows their disobedience. He knew everything that they had, he had journeyed with them through in the desert for all those years. And yet, after all they've been through and all they've doubted him, and all they've done to hurt him, these wicked people are still so wicked that they're getting destroyed. So think about that. How, if Israelites were so bad and did all these things wrong, like we all do wrong, okay? I'm not judging. Like I'm, I'm an Israelite too some days, right? My rebellion, my, my, you know, disobedience. But there's grace for us as chosen people of God. And those that weren't chosen, those that were other nations, destroyed. And it's, it's so, it's so again, God seeing God set boundaries on his people of protection. So he knew if, if they didn't destroy him, destroy those nations, he was going, that they were going to take on those practices. They were going to start doing um, idol worship again and, and disobedience and rebellion. All those things we saw them journey through God with and God had to bring him out of in the desert. They're going to go right back into it. Like we said before, there are forgetful people. We are forgetful people. When God brings you out of something, don't find ways to get back into it. Set those boundaries. Destroy those things in the past. Don't let those things get back to your heart, back to your life, back to your family. Because if they, if they do, what's going to happen? Spiritual death. If they were disobedient and they didn't kill those people, spiritual death and physical death, right? So whether, again, literal warfare 
spiritual warfare, literal death, spiritual death. We're journeying all through this together in warfare. Something also really beautiful and really powerful to think about is that God's chosen people, he used them for a holy destruction. Because God can and will use us to bring judgment on, on others. But, 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 we must first make sure we are walking in obedience to him and his plans, right? And so it's, not, it's not a judgment of, I'm going to go kill somebody. Absolutely not. We're not talking Old Testament judgment now. But having someone in your life, if someone's close to a relationship in your life, and, and they're, they're toxic or they're trying to bring you away, God will use you to bring judgment. He will, he will tell you to cut that person off. He will guide you away from those people that, he, that you don't need to have around you. And then when their life and things happen in their life that they, that they have control over, that you don't have control over, and things happen, things have, people have to let things happen at sometimes. And again, it's hard. I've walked through this myself. I'm trying to help people, and people don't want my help, and you have to walk away. And then seeing what, how people journey on their own without God versus you trying to bring, bring them out of those things, it's hard. But God, if we walk in obedience to him, his plans, he can and will use us to bring people out from death. And into life, right? No matter how difficult a, a command or situation may seem, the Lord knows what the future looks like for us and for that person or for those people or for that situation. And so we have to walk in obedience to him, what he's calling us to do, what, especially um, in, in trying to save and help people first, offer peace first, and if people don't accept it, that's up to them. That's their judgment from God. Your judgment, what you're going to get judged on, it's how you acted towards God, how you spoke, how you, you walked in obedience, right? So that, that's what we need to focus on as Christ followers, more than what the world's telling us, what the world's trying to distract us with, right? All right, last little section here. I promise we're almost done. Verses 19 and 20. It talks about trees. Why trees? Like God, of all, all this great warfare and carnage and, and killing people and offering peace, like where are the trees coming from all of a sudden, right? Um, Historically, right, everything context, right? Uh, in those times when people would lay siege to a city, they didn't have bombs, they didn't have guns, they didn't have cannonballs, but they had battering rams. So you actually take long pieces of wood, like long pieces of timber, and ram down the doors or the walls of a city. And that's they would lay siege to something, right? So the Israelites, as they're going into lay siege to a city that's that's rebellious and not taking um, their offer of peace, they're gonna take these these large pieces of wood and ram the city walls to break it down and, and siege them, right? And overtake them. Um, but God's warning them, hey, you can do that, but not for the fruit trees. Um, it's, it's a great commentary, read, uh, in the heat of war, men are not apt to consider as the odds, the public good, as it expressly provides that fruit trees should not be used for timber trees. And it's because, again, God is a God of uh, provision and purpose, not waste. So he knows that once you take the city, they're going to need to live in the city, right? They need provision. They need um, 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 sustenance, right? He's warning them, hey, in the midst of battle, don't let your flesh get a hold of you. In the midst of battle, don't let your emotions get a hold of you. There's still more to these trees than what you're seeing. So don't, don't in the moment, make an action that you can't take back, like, like cutting down a fruit tree. Because in that next season, you may need that fruit tree. You may need that extra fruitfulness and provision of God. If you cut it off too soon, you lose out, right? Like we said, um, we as humans, we can be short-sighted, especially when we're driven by our flesh, like a physical hunger, like the fruit tree, or by anger or self-righteousness when we're in the middle of warfare. 
But because God's omniscient, he knows the beginning, middle, and the end of all of this. His omniscient nature allows him to not only see what we're, we're dealing with right now, but see it into the future, what we're going to deal with. And so um, and that's beautiful because he, his battle plan allows for, not only for victory, but for provision in the future. He's not God of right now of, hey, leave siege to the city. But hey, in one, five, 10, 50 years from now, when you have the city and it's your city now because of me, here's your, provi- here's your provision. Here's your fruitfulness. Here's sustenance to keep you in the city, right? And that's, why, that's why we can trust God in his battle plans. In, in the, you know, it might not make sense in the moment, but in the future, you can look back and see, oh, that was God's provision. Oh, that was God's plan. Oh, God made a way for me here because I was obedient then. And now I'm where I am now because I was obedient then. I have food for my family now because I was obedient and didn't cut down that tree, right? So God's, God sees all these battle plans. We need to bring them all together, right? All right, so closing out here. Again, application points. How are we going to apply this, this uh, literal war battle plan to our spiritual war battle plan today or this week in this season, all right? So what do we do? We have to go to war in our lives. Four things. Write these down. One, trust God and fight from victory, not just for victory. Trust God and fight from from victory. Uh, Two, be focused. No distractions. Don't allow the the desires or plans of others or even yourself to get in the way of God's deliverance and victory he wants to lead you through today. Number three, when the Lord delivers. Not only knowing it, but believing it. You You never have to fight this battle alone. The Lord your God will go before you and you have sisters and brothers and faith to stand beside you. So together you will be delivered when the Lord delivers you. Because he was calling you to victory. And he wants to bring you alongside others and himself that will lead you into that victory. To see his victory and his kingdom in your life, in your family, in your home, in your workplace, wherever it may be. If you're fighting that battle, he will deliver you in that battle. Why? How? Final point, point four. When you fight with his battle plan, not yours. Because honestly, none of us will ever be as great a commander as the Lord of heaven's armies. That's who he is. He's the Lord, your God, the Lord of heaven's armies. So you can trust him with your battle plan in your life. You can trust him in the warfare you're facing. So you can walk in his victory today. Amen. All right, let's pray out. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, God. Thank you that we don't have to fight our battles alone. I thank you for the people you put in our lives, Lord God. I thank you for putting people, for putting us in people's lives so we can be a source of encouragement. We can be a priest to, to build them up, Lord God, in the battles they face. I thank you, Lord, that we can walk into this next season of what we're facing, Lord, whoever it may be, whoever it may be against, Lord God, knowing that we don't fight this battle alone and we're not fighting a literal battle, but a spiritual battle, Lord. And then because of that, we have we have you, we have your son, our savior, to, to come alongside us, God. I thank you for, for Fusion Church, Lord, that we can come together to Fusion Church to lift each other up in prayer, lift each other up in support, Lord. As I pray, break down the walls in our lives, break down the walls in our families, break down the walls, Lord God, um, for all those who are, are listening to my voice right now and what they're facing in, in battle. And let them see you. Let them see your, your hand over them. Let them see your Holy Spirit to guide them. Let them see the deliverance and the victory you want to bring them to, Lord. 
in a swift manner. And God, let us give you praise, give you glory, give you all the honor you are worth, you're worthy to receive as we celebrate victory with you and the victory you're calling us to in our battles. I ask and pray and bless your name, all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's so good to see you all. I'm catch I'm sorry I didn't see all the, the chats now. But I love you all. I'm so grateful to be with you all. I'll see you all hopefully again soon. God bless. Have an amazing uh, Tuesday, amazing week.